This is Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting Magazine, the most listened to podcast for parents by parents. Hey, everyone, and thank you for listening to Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting Magazine, the podcast talk show for parents. I'm Janice Robinson Celeste, your host and publisher of Successful Black Parenting Magazine. Sorry for the delayed start. We had some technical issues in the background that we worked out, but I want you to tell all of your friends and followers right now about the show. So to our Facebook page for Successful Black Parenting and share the link with your followers. Do that right now and let people know you are joining us. Even better, if you click on that share button, you'll see that you can start a watch party. And that's amazing because it, it pulls everyone from your uh, friend's feed to let them know that you are watching something interesting. In addition, you can comment on Facebook and I'll post the best comments live on air. And I just know that it can take a while for your questions to populate in the backstage area. So ask any questions early. Do not wait. Know that our hashtag for the show is hashtag backtalk. Today, we are discussing world schooling your children with Karen M. Rick. Now, Successful Black Parenting, we just did an article about that topic. Um, it's titled More Black Moms Raising Their Children Outside of the U.S. And I am going to show you, I'm going to pull that up for the people who are actually watching right now. I'm going to um, try to show you that during this uh, broadcast. So hold on one sec. I'm going to cancel out of that. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Karen. Karen is a Christian wife. She's a world schooling mom. I'm going to bring her in on the show in just a second so you see who she is. She's amazing. She's also a chef. She calls herself a fanatic. Chef teaches 24 years. She's a Montessorian. That means Montessori schools. If you guys are familiar with those schools, they're pretty awesome. And she's been doing that since her preschool days. She holds a Montessori teaching certificate for guiding children from embassy to elementary school. She's cooked professionally in restaurants. I'm getting hungry just reading her bio. Commercial kitchens, private homes, and on four different continents over the last decade. After 10 years of teaching, check this out. In central Japan, Karen founded and operated her own international Montessori school. She sold it to begin a nomadic life of full-time travel with her family. Now, welcome, Karen. Thank you so much for coming on the show and being so patient. That's part of our life as world schoolers. Okay. Well, I got to tell you guys, Karen is in Albania, so there is a delay. There may be some technical issues since we're going so far with this broadcast today, and um, maybe some refreshing going on if we need to. But, you know, with um, the way the United States is going, many Black families want to know how they can travel and educate their children and work, too. Now, Karen, where were you originally from? Where did you live in the state? California that will always be my hometown. So I was excited to see that you love Southern California. I do. 
I do. I live in California, but I think I may have to get you to refresh this new street feed. If you can but refresh and come back before we hearing other words. Uh oh. Okay. I'm sorry. She's going to refresh, guys, and come back. She's all the way in Albania. Albania. So um, we'll be talking to her shortly. I know it's going to be a little um, frustrating with the uh, delay, but hang in there with us because it's going to be a good show. If you really want to know about homeschooling, she's doing it. She's doing it, and she's um, been very successful with it as well. So let me switch bring you up here. I see you there. And bring her back in. Okay, try that. Let's try that again. Where did you originally live in the United States? Okay. I grew up in Southern California. I lived for No, all we heard was Southern California. Okay, guys, so we're going to refresh and come right back. I'm just going to refresh the whole screen, see what happens here, okay? Let's see what happens. See if we get a better. Okay. If you guys could still hear me, I might have accidentally kicked Karen out of the program. I'm sure she we talked about how to come back, so she's coming right back. Uh, we are plagued with technical difficulties today because she is so far away in the world. She is truly Car Carmen San Diego. She is all over the world. So I'm gonna bring her back right now. I think we got a better connection here. All right, Let's try one more time, Karen. I heard you say Southern California, where you were from. Let's tell the people. Of where you're from and where you are now and how you got there. <laughs> yes. So I am from San Diego, California. Yeah. And we living, yeah, in this does not work, Karen. It's not working. We're trying here. It's not working. I don't know if it's your connection, our connection, both connect. I have no idea. But all we're hearing is like every other word. Um, it may be because it's wireless too, coming from you know. You're close to your wireless, but that made the connection. Um, I don't know what's going on. Um, we might have to reschedule this one. I've never had to do that before, but I'm so interested in the topic. And um, I just want to show why you're here. Um, maybe, Karen, try, if you could try refreshing one more time so I could just show um, the article that we did. I will share my screen and show that now while you see if we can get a better connection on your end. And then we can go from there and see what. Um, if it gets better for everyone. So I'm just going to show um, my screen here. We did an article about what Karen is actually doing. And one of the reasons we're having 
such technical difficulties is because she is overseas. She told me that, you know, she's lived in 10 different countries with her child and traveled so far. But we have um, an article here that we just did, More Black Moms Raising Their Children Outside the U.S. by Marriott Williams. And she goes on and she interviewed two different moms about living abroad. One is Santo Domingo, um, DR, and there she is there. And then another mom here who lives in Mexico, Puerto Vallarta, Puerto Boyata, Mexico. And it just gives you some advice about how to move overseas. So if you want, you can check our, our article out on our website. We're still going to try to save this broadcast and talk to Karen. I'm going to bring her back in. And let's see. All right, Karen. Let's see. Let's try it. <laughs> You are from San Diego, San Diego, right? That's correct. Yes. Better. So much better. Okay. And how did, tell us how you got to where you are now. Well, my husband and I moved around the United States teaching for several years before we picked up and left that behind to go to central Japan back in 2007. And that's where I founded my own international Montessori school. And what made you want to go to Japan? How did that come about? My husband had a deep and abiding love for uh, martial arts. He is a multiple time black belt, something that he earned in the United States and then started again from scratch when we moved to Japan and rose to the ranks of a uh, two time black belt and uh, city champion in wow. jiu-jitsu, and he has worked with a lot of different martial arts, including mixed martial arts, which he has both fought in and taught. And so he had this love of martial arts and a deep and abiding desire to teach, and an opportunity arose in Japan, and we left. Wow. Okay. So you said you live in 10 different countries. Yes. So far. So can you tell us some of those countries? Sure. Well, Japan was where we started, and that's where our son was born. And when we left Japan, we sold it all to move to Italy, which was where I went to cooking school. And we've lived in a couple of different regions of Italy in the last couple of years. We have also lived in the UK and in Mexico, Australia, New Zealand, and before arriving here in Albania, we're in the capital city, Tirana, uh, in Eastern Europe, but we were in Italy once more before we came here. That's fantastic. So tell us, how can parents world school? Like, what is the first step? I wouldn't even know what to do. Well, world schooling implies this world travel, this jet-setting lifestyle, which is absolutely amazing. Don't get me wrong. But the whole world has kind of stopped right now. But that doesn't mean that world schooling has to stop. In fact, world schooling is really a very intentional practice of learning from everyone, everywhere, and every situation that you find yourself. And that's what we do as we travel the world. And we bring all of those world experiences into our everyday learning. So that's possible anywhere you live. Oh, wow. Okay. And so if a parent makes the decision 
Well, of course, when COVID's over, hopefully it will be over sooner than later, but you know, it's not looking too hopeful, but if they make the decision that that's exactly what they want to do, mm-hmm. um, of course they have to work. So they have to, I, I know, have to have gainful employment somewhere, either overseas or doing some um, distance type of, uh, of employment. Um, but what's the first step? I mean, you're gonna pull your kids out of school. How do you even do, I mean, how do we do this? Like, do we take the kids out of school, tell them we're going to be traveling? Um, do you have to stay connected to schools and states in the states, or is it total separation? I know I asked you a lot there, but what is the first real first step? That's okay. The laws actually differ from one state to the next in the United States, as well as in different parts of the world. So I always encourage parents who are excited about this kind of lifestyle to start by exploring whatever the local laws are, wherever they happen to live. But even more than that, we always encourage parents to begin this process of embarking on this new educational journey by de-schooling. And what that really means is taking some time, both uh, actual chronological time, as well as space and distance to separate yourself from the actual institution of school. Because whether you end up uh, nomadic world schooling, like my family, or some other form of homeschooling or unschooling, there are so many different factors to consider, including the family's interests, where you choose to live, your children's particular learning styles and your communication styles. And there are so many different things that come into play when deciding what that's gonna look like that often the best first thing to do is just to step outside of everything that looks kind of schoolish, if you will, and just figure out what it is you want your life to look like. And that is what has been the most magical part of this journey for me personally and for my family, because we are able to create the life that we want to live. And that happens to include travel and play and lots of food and cooking. But for us, it's really about prioritizing what is important to us as a family and discovering all of the amazing learning opportunities that are happening, that are possible around us every single moment of every day. Wow. So what about work for you? You sold your master's story school, but are you connected with other, um, I guess, moms who have done this and, um, how do they manage employment? Like, how do they do that? How do you work overseas? And is it affordable to do that? It uh, Affordable is a really relative term. So that obviously is going to vary depending on the lifestyle that you choose to lead. And that's another reason that this de-schooling is a really important part of the process because it helps you have time as a family to figure out where and how you choose to live. Uh, But what was really amazing for me when embarking on this nomadic world schooling journey, because I had never heard of anything like this. I didn't realize when we started that there is a massive community of 
thousands, maybe tens of thousands of families just like mine that also do this. And I met the most incredible woman by the name of Lainey Liberty, who is the founder of this incredible group. We are world schoolers and there's a free Facebook group. And we've just launched this amazing online platform that walks parents through all of the aspects, including that most important question, which is the number one question parents ask when starting on this is, how do I make money to do just that? And I have met so many absolutely fascinating moms who are working in all aspects and genres and different niches in their lives, both working for other established companies around the world, as well as entrepreneurs. And they are absolutely unbelievable. Well, let me ask you, what has been your favorite place to live so far? Oh, my goodness. That's always such a hard question because there are things that I absolutely adore about every place we lived, reasons for which I would return in a heartbeat. So we established the most amazing community where we lived in Japan, not only having our school, but our church family and within our neighborhood. And so it really felt like we were leaving our family behind all over again, just like when we left the United States, when we moved to Italy. And so we're excited. We have been excited to go back to Japan already. And we look forward to doing that again in the future to visit those friends who are as close as family to us. And then, of course, cooking school in Sicily, where we had the most fantastic food I have ever had in my entire life, and having the opportunity to live within a stone's throw of the beach in Mexico. In fact, we were not too far from Puerto Vallarta, one of the places that you mentioned uh, was highlighted in your article. And I know so many moms, uh, world schooling families who are living in a variety of different places in Mexico right now. <laughs> Several people who have invited us to come and join them in other world schooling communities in places like Playa del Carmen and Merida and Oaxaca and Puerto Vallarta and Mexico City. Mexico is a very inviting place and many of the world schoolers I know have some sort of connection or have spent some time there. Wow, that's interesting because in the States, they're, they're just talking all about crime in Mexico and tourism. So you have not experienced anything like that when you were there or any issues with like the cartel because that's what they keep, you know, hyping up over here. It's amazing the media bias that is perpetuated about different parts of the world. And it's only now in 2020 with the explosion of all of the protests and the racial bias and discrimination and the violence that we have literally seen on video that many people are finally understanding why me personally as a black woman, but also as a mom, as a wife, as a family traveling around the world, we have felt safe every place that we have lived and safer even than when we were in the United States. So there are wow, so many places. It's it really, really, really true. Okay. So so from being connected with other families who are homeschooling, world schooling, what have been some of the best places for black families to live 
like in your opinion? We have had absolutely magnificent experiences literally everywhere we went. And what I like to point out, especially to Black Americans who are fearful about the racism that they might encounter when they travel, is that unlike the, the hatred or the violence that I have experienced personally in the United States, as I've stepped outside of my passport country's borders, what I've encountered a lot more of is curiosity. And there's a very different sort of flavor to that curiosity because I have literally been the first black person that many people have ever seen or interacted with in person. So <laughs> I like to tell a story about uh, teaching a class of young elementary students and this happened in Japan, but it's happened in other places as well. But we're going around the circle and each child was introducing themselves and saying their name, their age and their favorite color. And we got to the subject of our favorite foods. And as each child went around the room, this child said they loved hamburgers. And that child said, I love pizza. And the next person says, I love sushi. And the children got around and then it was my turn. And they all looked at me very closely and they said, what's your favorite food? And I took a deep breath and I answered, honestly, I love chocolate cake. And one little boy's eyes got as wide as saucers and his mouth dropped open and he said, that's why you're brown. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> little kids, man. But it's not just little kids. And that's why I think that story is so funny because I have had even adults who wanted to come up and touch my skin and see if it rubs off. They're just like we talked about the bias regarding the violence that Americans expect to encounter in Mexico, people all over the world get some of their ideas about what it means to be a black person from music videos and Hollywood movies. And we know that there are a lot of caricatures and stereotypes and drastic extremes of fictionalized versions of what a black person's life can look like in the United States. And so it's really exciting, especially as an educator for me personally, and for us as a family of lifelong learners to also be teachers and to share with people what it means to be a Black person, to be part of a multiracial, multicultural, traveling, educated, multilingual family, all of which are things that most people would never expect because it's just not what they see in the media. Okay, I have a question. Is your husband also um, African-American? No, my husband is white. He's white. Okay, so let me ask you, does your son look um, like he could be white or does he look like he could be black? Is that, I'm going to ask you a question about that. <laughs> my son has often been mistaken for someone else's child and people are very frequently surprised to discover that I am his parent. He has big, looping, Shirley Temple-style curls, a huge mane of spiral curls. And in the summer, like now when we've spent time at the beautiful white, sandy Albanian beaches, his skin gets a little darker. <laughs> 
but he is definitely between my dark brown skin and my husband's white skin. So he's a he's a mixed child. So that that happens like they get the best hands. So <laughs> and if their friends will be jealous. Because um, I was going to ask, because I think it'd be interesting if like especially if he did look more like a a black boy instead of like just a mixed child that he was born in Japan. I think that's awesome because it could just blow people's minds. Like, oh, we're, we're, I'm Japanese, you know? They're like, I, just, I love when that happens. That's you know? exactly what happens, too, because he spent the first six years of his life in Japan. When people ask, where are you from? That's his answer, Japan. And the confusion on people's faces <laughs> when he gives that's that amazing. answer is hilarious. And then when people start to wonder, how did that happen? <laughs> The stories that they get, well, it kind of depends on his mood, but I love his responses. I love that. Now, how is he adapting to living abroad, especially changing friends um, a lot? How does that work out for him? Well, that's one of the amazing reasons that it's so powerful to be connected to community. And we have this amazing community in the We Are World Schoolers family, because we have literally made friends that are close like family as we have been traveling, moving nomadically from one place to the next around the world. We have been able to organize meetups and we have had families. In fact, since we've been in Albania, which is almost two years now, we have had more world schooling families come and explore here, this Eastern European country that a lot of people have difficulty locating on the map because we've been able to share so many of the incredible things that we're learning and experiencing here. So it's wonderful when other traveling families come to visit and we get to show them a little bit of what life is like here in Albania. So why Albania? What happened? You went from Italy to Albania. of all the places, like you throw in dark at the map or something, like why Albania? That's pretty much it, really. <laughs> I was working with actually another world schooling mom who had lots of experience living here and she raved about it. And so while we were in Italy and we were wondering, where do we want to go next? We looked at the map and we realized that Albania was just on the other side of the Adriatic from Italy where we were. It was a short distance. We were curious, so we hopped on a flight. And this was the first place that we had ever arrived without knowing anything about the history, the culture, not even a single word of the local language. But Albanians have been so friendly and welcoming that within a week or two, we already felt at home. And we've been excited to not only live here, for a longer term, but we left and went and explored Greece and North Macedonia last year, and we loved it so much we came back. Wow, so how long do you give yourself to live in each location? Do you have like a cutoff time? Well, that really depends on the various administrative requirements, whether it's a visa or other responsibilities that are different from each country from one country to the next. And it also depends on what passport you hold. So as a United States citizen uh, coming in on an American passport, we have the privilege of visiting Albania as a tourist for up to 12 months at a time. And so when we landed here, we 
had no idea what life was going to be like, but we knew that if we enjoyed it, we would have the freedom to stay for quite a while. And so that's been a really nice thing to do. Wow, so when you get off of the plane, mm -hmm. what is the first thing that you do? Do you, you already have your hotel set up? Are you staying in a hotel or a hostel? Or where, where you, what, how does that work? Like you're getting off the plane not knowing anything about this country. Nothing. What happens next? <laughs> <laughs> well, as I said, the connections that we've made through We Are World Schoolers have been magnificent. And so we often get lots of amazing recommendations from other traveling families who have been where we want to go. So I was introduced online to a real estate agent before we ever arrived. We had secured short-term living accommodations for a week. So we had a place to stay when we hopped off the plane here. And we met up with a real estate agent who helped us to find an apartment. And we moved in and got settled and started wandering around and getting to know our neighbors and immersing ourselves in the culture. Now, there can't be too many brown people in Albania. So when they see you, like you said, they were curious. Are, do, you, do you get stares and looks or? Sometimes you know. stares and looks. Um, I get the uh, ever-present question of where are you from? And when I answer the United States, but no, where are you really from? <laughs> because so many people expect that because I have brown skin, I must be from one of the 54 African countries. Um, wow. And, but again, lots of Albanians, especially the younger generation, are multilingual. So even though I didn't speak Albanian, uh, many people approached me wanting to practice their English. And when they didn't speak English, we sometimes found a commonality in Italian or Spanish or some combination of our various languages and body language and sign language and pointing and we figure it out. <laughs> And we make things work. And that's part of the learning how many, experience. How many uh, languages do you speak and your son speak now? Well, as I said, we began our journey in Japan. So Japanese is one of our family languages. And we've spent significant time in Mexico and Italy. So Spanish and Italian are also languages in which we can get around. We learned quite a bit of Greek while we were there last summer and the reading and writing of a completely different syllabary like that is quite a challenge but after having mastered some japanese literacy it felt like we could take on anything now albanian is very different from any of the other languages that we've studied because it doesn't belong to any of the same language families but again, that's where the everyday learning experiences are. And getting to learn the language has helped us to get to know more of our neighbors and other people who live here, which has helped us to make friends and to learn so much more about this place that we now call home. So, so which languages are you fluent in, would you say? I would only claim some level of fluency in Japanese and Spanish. I Italian is close enough that after a while I can communicate pretty well and I can understand even more. And the levels of fluency in each new language 
start to increase or decrease depending on the time that we spend in the country and the amount that we actually have a chance to practice speaking and interacting with people. And that's something that we continue to practice and keep up as part of our studies as we continue to travel. I think all of this is just fantastic. So I have a side question. What are people saying around the world about the United States and the, the riots and the protests? What, what's kind of the feel that you've gotten? Uh, or have you guys even talked about it? Oh, absolutely. We talk about it all the time. And as American citizens, people are really curious about our perspectives on what's happening in politics, in the day-to-day -day news. Um, I'm often approached and expected to be a spokesperson for the entire country, which I'm quick to point wow. out to people. I certainly am not. But more than anything, people are really, really wanting to know why we as Americans would choose to leave and travel to a place like Albania when so many Albanians have the American dream themselves. They want to pick up and go where we came from. And so that's where we have some really wonderful conversations about what's most important to us in the world and where and how we choose to work toward living our dreams. Oh, God, I bet they are. I mean, that's got to be um, a unique perspective that we, you know, you left to go there and they're trying to leave to go here. Um, yeah. So what exactly are they saying about the riots? Though? Are, they, are they wondering why this is happening? Do they understand why it's happening? I think that the level of understanding is very different because there are not the same sorts of racial tensions. There isn't the same acknowledged history of racism, even in places that really do have a history of racism, because Albania was never colonized in the same way. It has a history of being overrun and oppressed and, you know, has only come out of this, uh, the oppression of communism within the last generation. So there are many people, even my age, in my mid-40s, who lived through and remember the oppression of communism. There's a clear understanding of what it means to have a government that doesn't necessarily live up to the ideals that it has espoused. But when it comes to the racial tensions and the political disagreements, that's not something that everybody understands. But then I feel like that's not something that even a lot of Americans can clearly articulate. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Let me ask you, any last words about living abroad and, and educating your children? Well, I think the most powerful thing about world schooling, about unschooling, homeschooling, about doing this educational living in the very drastically different way that we do, it has opened up the opportunity to really craft the lifestyle that we most want to live and finding and rejoicing and celebrating all of the different educational opportunities that present themselves on a daily basis while living our dream life is such a blessing. And I am forever grateful, thankful, and blessed. <laughs> wow. 
I think after um, my oldest daughter, who's in her 30s, hears this, she is going to be finding a way to leave the United States to raise her children, because I know she's listening. And uh, she's been talking about this for years. And it's just, how do you go about doing it? Absolutely. Um, me and the grandma kind of prevented her from doing that for a bit, because I was like, you want to take my grandchildren away? Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> And I imagine that has to be the worst part for you guys, too, that you're so far away from family, right? So that got to be like a con for uh, traveling abroad. Well, um, family so. is important to us. But just like you and I are able to connect virtually yeah. across oceans and continents, we do the same with family and friends all over the world. And airplanes travel in all different kinds of directions, as well as the planes and the trains and the boats and the so when people are comfortable traveling again, they can go and visit one another. And I have friends all over the world who are excited for border reopenings so that we can do just that. So the COVID is affecting you guys there too because you have an American passport. You can't go anywhere. Well, it's affecting or, everybody, um, no matter yeah. what passport. For the last few months, borders across Europe have literally been closed to okay. lots of just tourism traffic and people moving where it's not an emergent situation. And just like everything else in life, we are remaining flexible. We had originally had plans to return to Asia later this year and we'd be even studying Vietnamese for a world oh, schooling wow. conference in Vietnam. But it's looking like that might not happen before the end of this year. So just like everything else, we say Semper Gumby, <laughs> and we are incredibly resilient, just making use of the resources that we have and learning about what other options might be available to us to continue our travels when that becomes possible again. And you said, you say what? Translation, please? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> we can't travel right now outside of Albania. But we are having a blast exploring what's within this country's borders. In fact, the most beautiful white sand beach that we visited the other day, just on the coast of the Adriatic, I almost felt like I was back in San Diego. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you for all of this. I could talk to you forever, but we got to go. So tell people where they can find you. You can find me on our website at ourkitchenclassroom.com. And as I said, you can plug into the world schooling community at weareworldschoolers.org. And you can find tons and tons of resources, especially things like how do I make money? How do I travel? How can I educate my children? And that's something that I'm really excited to be contributing to, to continue to share from the wealth of knowledge that we have had as full-time travelers over the last, gosh, almost four years now. Can you get that website one more time? Yes, it's weareworldschoolers.org. Okay, I'm gonna put that on the screen for you guys to see as we are um, signing off. So that way, uh, if you're interested in being a world schooler with your children and leaving the United States to get a worldly education, this is the organization that you will want to definitely um, check out.
All right. So this is the end of our show. I want to thank Karen for coming on Back Talk today. Um, I really appreciate you being here and working out with us all of the technical difficulties that we had today because I know um, it was a rough start, but it's okay. We're here now. And we, we did it, right? We're all good. We're all good. Absolutely. All right. so, <laughs> uh, I wish you the best. I think you're wonderful. I love your um, energy that you have as well. I think that is just wonderful. Um, just talking to you just makes people feel good. So, I, And I think that's a compliment to who you are. And, and you just seem so so happy. So I'm ready to go too now. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if you guys missed part of the show, no worries. You can just wait for a few minutes and click the replay of this podcast. Share it with anyone who needs to hear it. And let's get the world, uh, the word, I'm saying world out. Let's get the world out. No, let's get the word out. I got world schooling on the brain. We will be broadcasting (laughs) every Saturday at 11 a.m. throughout the summer and the fall. Now, next Saturday, our guest is Tommy Davidson. Now, you guys remember him from the hit show In Living Color. He will be here talking about his life growing up and now as a father. So, you know, make sure you guys join us on that. Go to our Facebook page at Black parenting one and sign up for the notification um, that way you'll know when we go live again one more thing don't forget to follow us at black parenting one on instagram and on youtube uh successful black parenting i'm sorry on black parenting one on facebook and twitter on instagram and youtube we're different we're successful black parenting and our website successfulblackparenting.com you guys are going to want to follow us there um, and our website is full of great content. So if you guys haven't been there yet, you might want to go check it out. You'll find something there that can help you to thrive and not just survive. And the last thing, be sure to rate our podcast. And until next time, take care of yourself and stay safe. Thanks for tuning in to Back Talk by Successful Black Parenting Magazine. We'll see you soon. 